Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Argus Fertilizer Matters podcast. My name's David Maher. I'm the editor of the Global MPK Report here in Argus. I'm based in London. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Julia Campbell, group editor of the Finished Fertilizers team and also editor of the Podash Report. Julia has been with Argus for over 10 years, starting off working on ammonia, then moving to phosphates as a reporter before editing Fertilizer Europe, MPKs, and now, as mentioned, Potash. Welcome to the show, Julia. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Thanks for coming. Um, Julia, we're going to talk about Belarus today, a major supplier of Potash, and how its exports have recovered over the past 20 months or so after it was effectively cut off from the market. For a bit of background, Belarus has typically represented around a fifth of global potash exports. Exports in 2021 reached 12.5 million tonnes. But last year, producer Belarus Kali and its marketing arm BPC were forced to seek alternative routes to export their products after losing access to the main exporting port of Klaipeda in Lithuania. So Julia, can you start by giving us a little bit more background on that? Of course, I'd be delighted, Dave. So sanctions have been imposed on Belarus by both the EU and the US, which have increasingly targeted Belarus's potash market as its key part of their economy and a primary source of income for them. As part of the sanctions, the EU banned the import and transport of potassium from Belarus and froze Belarus Gali's assets. And then the US has also prohibited US companies from doing any kind of business with Belarus. So just to summarize, this has meant that Belarus cannot export any MOP to the EU, the US or aligned countries. But for me, the biggest blow to the Belarusians was when Lithuania imposed a law to prevent the transport of their Belarusian products to the port of Klaipeda. So this came into effect on the 1st of February last year. And as you pointed out, Dave, Klaipeda was BBC's main export hub. We at Argus estimate that around 9 to 11 million tonnes of potash was sent through this port in 2021. So it's a very large volume. And the loss of access to Klaipeda led BPC to declare force majeure shortly after that. And as a result, we saw Belarus more or less disappear from the global market. Okay, very, very interesting situation. So Belarus is operating under sanctions today and it can't use Klaipeda port. So what is the process for exporting at the moment? Yeah, that's correct. There's still sanctions on Belarus, and this has meant that BPC was forced to seek alternative routes to export. But there is a big difficulty in that there isn't another single port which can replace Klaipeda's capacity. So BPC has then had to create several new supply routes to help it to return to its historical export levels. And this is obviously at a higher cost and with longer lead times. Russia has played a very pivotal role in assisting Belarus's return to the international market, as the majority of its exports are now railed to Russian ports. Last year, the Belarusians used nine different ports, but most of the exports were shipped out of St. Petersburg. This year, it appears that Belarus is focusing largely on two Russian ports, St. Petersburg and Bronka, which are both in the Baltic Sea and located relatively close to each other. China has also become a key outlet for Belarus, which also uses the Russian rail system. Most of that product railed into the country. Okay, and I suppose a very key point, have these alternative routes helped Belarus to successfully regain its market share? 
Yeah, definitely. It's obviously taken some time for Belarus to establish these new export routes and Belarusian exports were quite sporadic last year. But this year, Belarusian exports have been far more consistent and over the months we've seen them gradually increase throughout this year. And actually for the last two months in September and October, rail shipments to Russian ports surpassed 900,000 tonnes each month. And if this is the new norm, then this would be equivalent to around 10.8 million tonnes per year of exports, which means that Belarus's exports have essentially recovered to historical levels. This rail data is available to subscribers of Argus's weekly Global Potash report in a new data and download launched in September, and this is updated on a monthly basis. It contains Belarus's rail shipments back to 2019, and you'll be able to see the importance of the Russian rail system to Belarus over the last 20 months or so. The other factor in their recovery is price. Belarusian potash is still a sanctioned product and there remains a lot of companies that will not take Belarusian potash and in order to entice buyers, an attractive discount was necessary, especially last year when cargoes from Belarus were far more sporadic and delivery times couldn't be guaranteed. We saw discounts in a very wide range and in some regions up to $150 per tonne and this was necessary to reflect the lack of outlets for Belarusian product as well as the high risk of purchasing their potash. But this year, now that exports from Belarus have been much more consistent and volumes have recovered sharply, the price of Belarusian and non-Belarusian potash, the difference has narrowed significantly this year and sometimes disappeared altogether. That's very interesting, Julia. I just wanted to go on to the Russia point specifically. Russia's support for Belarus has clearly been instrumental. Surely, though, the additional volume from Belarus has placed quite a lot of pressure on the rail system in Russia and its port. So has it been coping with the additional volumes? The Belarusians have shipped over 7 million tonnes to China and Russian ports this year. And adding 7 million tonnes to any rail system without any major works to increase the capacity is obviously going to place some pressure on the system and cause logistical challenges. I think the traffic situation has been difficult to manage and we've heard of delayed Belarusian cargoes as a result of this. But we understand that Belarusian potash, for example, has priority for moving product to China. At the ports, 6 million tonnes of Belarusian potash has been loaded at Russian ports in the first 10 months of this year. How have they done this? Well, I think some of the port capacity being used by the Belarusians has not typically been used for fertilisers. So, for example, the port of Bronca was previously used for containers and row-row cargoes. This in itself was also a challenge uh, because these ports don't have all the equipment and conditions for loading vessels. So investment in some ports have had to be made to upgrade them in order to allow for vessel loadings. Thank you very much for that, Julia. We have come to the end of our Argus Fertilizer Matters podcast for today. We'll look at today's subject in more depth in our webinar on December 7th, by the way, which will also cover key 2023 market trends and the 2024 potash outlook. You'll see a link to register on the podcast page. Again, big thank you to Potash Editor Julia for joining us. We hope that you found this interesting, enjoyed listening to the insights. For Argus Potash subscribers listening in, don't forget to access the new rail data on Belarusian shipments through the data and downloads part of your subscription. For any non-subscribers interested in finding out more, please contact us using the details on the podcast webpage. Thank you very much for listening. Have a good day and goodbye.